0: Hi guys, welcome to the first podcast of cardiology and today we are going to talk about physiology and all the basic things that we have learned in the first year. So we'll talk about cardiac cycle, then we'll talk about action potentials of SA node, AV node, like the pacemaker cells, and then we'll talk about action potentials of ventricles and finally we'll talk something about cardiac output. Okay, so let's start with cardiac cycle. In layman's language or in very basic terms, cardiac cycle is the event happening between two heartbeats. Okay. Whatever happens in the heart between the two heartbeats is cardiac cycle. Okay. So, atria, uh, atrium and ventricle. So, there is systole and diastole. And if we see, if we consider the heart rate as 72, then we get the duration of each cycle as 0.8 seconds. So, this 0.8 seconds, we have in this 0.8 seconds, we have systole and diastole. So now whenever we talk about systole or diastole, we mostly refer to ventricles. So when the so timing of systole is 0.3 seconds for the ventricles and diastole is 0.4 seconds for the ventricles. Okay. If we specifically talk about atria, then systole is 0.1 seconds and diastole is 0.7 seconds. Okay. Now let's divide this 0.8 second in eight parts. Okay. And now let's just talk about ventricles. So the systole is 0.3 seconds. Okay. And systole is what? It is contraction. It is the contraction of the ventricles. And if we draw a cardiac cycle, then the systole lies between S1 and S2. S1 is due to closure of mitral valve or uh, both AV valves when the ventricles start contracting. And S2 is closure of aortic valve or pulmonary valve when the ventricles start relaxing, start diastole. So between S1 and S2, whatever is there, it's systole and from S2 to the next S1 is diastole. Okay. Now, let's start from S1. So now ventricles have started contracting. The pressure in the ventricle is more than atrium. The mitral valve closes. There is S1 sound. Okay. Now, the pressure in the ventricle is more than that of the atrium, the left atrium, which is around 5 or 8 mmHg and it is less than that in aorta, which is 80 mmHg. So between 5 to 80, the ventricle is contracting, but the blood isn't going anywhere. It's just there in the ventricles. So this is called isovolumetric contraction. Okay, the volume remains same, just the ventricle is contracting and pressure is increasing. So this is isovolumetric contraction now when the pressure in the ventricles rises above that of the aorta then the uh, aortic valve opens okay and the blood starts to gush out in the aorta this phase is known as rapid ejection phase so the blood rapidly goes in the aorta okay and the pressure goes on increasing till 120, 120 mmhg okay after that the pressure starts decreasing but the aortic valves don't close because when the pressure in the ventricle decreases, the pressure in the aorta also decreases. So, even at this time, when the pressure in ventricle is decreasing from 120 to 80, the blood is still going into the aorta, but the rate at which it is going is slower. So, the second phase was rapid filling and now this phase is phase of slow filling or slow ejection. Sorry, not filling, ejection. So, the second phase was rapid ejection and this phase is slow ejection. After that, when the pressure in the ventricle drops below 80, the aortic valve closes. Why? Because the pressure in the aorta is 80 mm. Because there is blood in the aorta, the pressure is there. The pressure in the aorta is 80 mmHg. But the ventricle is relaxing. So the pressure in the ventricle uh, falls below 80 and aortic valve closes and there is S2 sound. Now diastole starts. So first phase is protodiastole. It's just the just the phase after which S2 closes. Then there is isovolumetric relaxation, similar to what we saw in isovolumetric contraction. Here both the valves are closed, aortic and uh, em- uh, mitral valve, both are closed. But the ventricle is relaxing. So that is isovolumetric relaxation. Now when uh, ev- when everything was relaxing, the atria was getting filled with the blood because of venous return. Okay, and the moment the pressure in the ventricle is lower than that of the atrium, the blood which was which is in the atrium goes into the ventricles. So this is the phase of rapid filling. Okay, immediately most of the blood in the atrium rapidly fills the ventricles. Okay, so there is phase of rapid filling and then there is a phase of slow filling. Okay, so 70 to 80% of the blood enters into the ventricles in this phase. The phase of rapid filling and phase of slow filling. After this, the atria contracts and whatever the remaining 20% 30% blood is there, it goes into the ventricles. So, this is the phase of active filling. And then, once the ventricle is filled, when it starts contracting, again there is closure of mitral valve and there is S1 sound. So again we come back to the cycle. So this is the entire cycle and we talked about the eight phases in the cycle. Now, uh, let's see some values, some pressures in the various chambers. So, right atrium, the maximum pressure is around 5 mmHg, in left atrium, it is around 8 mmHg, in right ventricle, it is 25 and in left ventricle, it is around 120 mmHg. Okay, so these are the maximum pressures in each chambers. Okay, now let's talk about action potential. Before talking about action potential, I would like to tell you four terms, which you must have heard of chronotropism, inotropism, dromotropism, and bathmotropism okay so chromo, chrono, chronology what is chronology one after the other one after the other so chronotropic is heart rate so it's the rate rate at which the next heartbeat is coming chronology okay the next term is inotropy so when we hear of ions we think of contactility okay so inotropy means myocardial contractility next is bathmotropic bathmotrophy so bath bathmotrophy is cardiac excitability so how do you remember this i searched for any specific meaning but i remember this like when we take a bath in the morning we are excited for the day so bathmotropic is cardiac excitability right and last one which is dromotropy is cardiac conduction velocity okay, so dromotropism is conduction velocity. Right. Now, let's talk. Why do we need to know about these terms? Because chronotropism is associated with heart rate or SA node and inotropism is associated with muscle contractility. Okay. So now why is the SA node the pacemaker? All the heart, all the muscles of the heart have the ability to generate their own potential okay every every part of the heart can generate their own action potential but why is S N node the pacemaker because the rate at which SA node can generate action potential is the highest okay no other structure other AV node Purkinje fibers or ventricular muscles none of them can generate the impulses as fast as SA node. That's why S-Node predominates, okay? And whatever firing is there, whatever the initiation is there, that's from the S-Node. So in the action potential of S-Node, we have three phases, prepotential, depolarization and repolarization, okay? So there is something which makes this S-Node or the other structures in the heart automatic. They have the automaticity. What is automaticity? It is the ability of generation of their own impulse without external stimuli. Right? Like we have mechanoreceptors in our skin. So when someone touches it, there is, an, there is some impulse or there is some stimuli because of which the impulse is generated. But so that's not automatic. But in the heart, there is automaticity, which means even if there is no external stimuli, the heart can still generate its own pot, own potential, own impulse. Okay, so that is known as that is because of pacemaker potential. So there there is there are three three channels out of them two two are important. So one is funny sodium channel and the other one is inward rectifying potassium channel. So these are continuously open. Okay, so because of this there is continuous when the sodium channels are open there is continuous influx of sodium and the potential keeps on rising. Okay. So as opposed to other structures in our body where, where we have a definite uh, base, uh, baseline potential or resting membrane potential, here in the pacemaker it's not like that, there is no, nothing called baseline or resting membrane potential, it is prepotential or pacemaker potential. So funny sodium channels and invert rectifying potassium channels are there due to which there is continuous increase of potential. So, so least potential is minus 60 okay from minus 60 when the funny sodium channels and inward rectifying potassium channels are open this goes from minus 60 to goes on increasing to minus 40 and as soon as it reaches minus 40 there is steep the slope will become steep and there is depolarization right so this inward rectifying potassium channel is a special type where there is influx of potassium. Normally, when we talk of potassium channel, we think of efflux because it's more in the intracellular compartment. But this is special type which is inward rectifying, which brings potassium in. Okay. So, these are and one more channel is there calcium in uh, calcium channel T type calcium channel. So, these three channels help for are responsible for pre potential or pacemaker potential. Okay. This pacemaker potential is also known as restless potential because it's not stable. It's, it can, it's continuously increasing from minus 60 to minus 40. Okay. As it reaches minus 40, there is opening of L type calcium channel and there is depolarization. Okay. The slope of pacemaker potential is less, but as soon as it reaches minus 40, the slope becomes steep and there is depolarization. Right? then there is opening of potassium channels there is potassium efflux and then there is repolarization so three things pacemaker potential depolarization and repolarization the there is nothing called resting membrane potential but if you want to say the minimum potential for cardiac uh, for the pacemaker cells then that is minus 60 millivolts and it starts its fires at minus 40 millivolts now who controls this so basically it's it's on its own. No one, no one can start it or stop it. But obviously, autonomic nervous system controls this, controls the rate. So intrinsic rate of SA node is around 100. But actually, our heart rate is around 70 to 80, 72. Right? Why is it so? Why is it less? Because there is parasympathetic dominance. So parasympathetic nerve or, or parasympathetic nervous system decreases the slope of this pre potential or pacemaker potential okay and sympathetic system increases the slope so depending on which system is predominating or which system is more active the heart rate will be determined mainly by the slope of the pacemaker potential okay right now this is about uh, pacemaker potential now let's talk about ventricular action potential so now ventricular action potential is something different this has a resting membrane potential and when the impulse from the SA node arrives it depolarizes so here we have five phases phase 0 1 2 3 and 4 right so phase 0 is depolarization here depolarization is due to sodium influx in the pacemaker cells it was due to calcium influx so the potential rises from minus 90 millivolt here it's minus 90 okay the uh, the resting membrane potential for ventricular muscles or ventricular action potential is minus 90. In the pacemaker it was minus 60, here it is minus 90. So as soon as the impulse arrives from the SA node, the potential from minus 90 goes up to plus 30 to plus 40. Okay. So this is, this is phase zero, which is depolarization. Then there is phase one, which is early repolarization. This is due to transient outward potassium channels. Okay. Here the potassium channels open, which are transient, uh, which uh, move the potassium from in inside the cell to the outside cell. So, there is slight decrease in the potential from plus 20 to plus 30 to around plus 10. So there is slight decrease and then there is opening of this is phase one and then there is opening of calcium channel. Okay, so because of this calcium channel, the calcium is coming into the cell, but the slow r- rectifier potassium channel are still open. So potassium is going outside the cell. There is a balance and the potential remains the same. This phase 2 is known as plateau potential. Okay. Here also there is L type of calcium channel. We have seen T type where T type in the pre-potential or pacemaker potential, L type calcium channel in depolarization phase of SA node and in plateau potential of ventricular action potential. Okay, so in this two, in these three cases, or uh, in these three phases, there is a role of calcium channel. Okay, two types of calcium channel, L-type and T-type. Right, so now there is plateau potential. After this, the calcium channel close, and slow and rapid rectifier potassium channels open. So this potassium channel take the potassium outside the cell, and then this, this is the phase three, which is known as Phase of repolarization, right? And after the potential reaches minus ninety, then there is base me- uh, resting membrane potential, which is due to sodium-potassium ATPs channel pump. Okay? So five phases. Phase zero is depolarization due to sodium channel. Phase one is early repolarization, which is due to opening of transient potassium channels. Then there is phase 2, which is plateau phase, which is mainly due to calcium channels. Phase 3, which is late repolarization, which is due to slow and rapid delayed rectifier potassium channels. And phase 4, which is resting membrane potential, which is due to sodium potassium ATPS pump. Okay? Okay. So that was about the ventricular action potential. Coming on to the last topic, which is cardiac output. So as you all know, cardiac output is stroke volume into heart rate. Stroke volume is determined by the contractility of the heart, preload and afterload, and the heart rate is determined by sympathetic or parasympathetic. Which is uh, which one is predominant? That will decide the heart rate. Right? We have seen that. Now, what is preload? It is the venous return to the ventricles. So, more the preload, more the dilatation of the ventricles, more the end diastolic volume, more will be the stretching, and by the Frank Starling law. There will be increased contractility. Okay. Obviously, under the physiological limits, but that's, that's all. So, end diastolic volume determines the contactility of the heart. It is one of the factors which determine the contactility of the heart. Next is afterload. Afterload is the pressure against which the ventricles have to pump. Right? So, if the afterload is higher, the cardiac output will be lower. So, the Afterload is inversely proportional to the cardiac output. Okay. The afterload is the resistance felt by the ventricles against which it has to pump. Right. So, how, how is the preload determined? How, how do we estimate preload? It is estimated by end diastolic volume. Afterload is estimated by peripheral vascular resistance. And contactility is estimated by ejection fraction. Okay. What is ejection fraction? It is... The amount of blood ejected into the aorta divided by amount of blood which was initially present that is end di- n diastolic volume okay after the diastole the amount of blood which was present is in the denominator and out of that the num- amount which was pumped out which was ejected is ejection is is in the numerator and we multiply this by 100 so normally ejection fraction is around mm-hmm. 60 65 percent okay so end diastolic volume is around 120 ml and ejected volume is 70 75 ml so the fr- ejection fraction comes out to be 65% okay so that's it uh, i'll sum up the channel names and where what's the what's their role for the last time so we have uh, calcium channel two types of calcium channel l type and t type okay t is transient which is transiently open and uh, so this t type of calcium channel has a role in the pre-potential or pacemaker potential, which helps, which is one of the factors, which helps the action pacemaker potential to go from minus 60 to minus 40. And this minus 40 is known as threshold potential. This is T-type calcium channel. L-type calcium channel is for, has two roles, one in the depolarization phase of pacemaker potential and in the plateau phase of ventricular potential. Okay, that is about L-type calcium channel. Now coming on to potassium channel. So potassium channel, we saw inward rectifying potassium channel, which is responsible for pre-potential, then transient potassium channel, which are responsible for early repolarization in the ventricular potential. And then there is slow and rapid potassium channels, which are for the late repolarization in the ventricles and repolarization in the pacemaker cells, right? And sodium channel, as you all know, is for the depolarization of the ventricular Action potential, right. So that's all. See you in the next podcast. Next, we'll talk about uh, pulse, JVP, and also some pharmacology. Okay. So see you in the next podcast. Bye bye.